Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message. Amen. Come on, say amen. Don't make me run around the church. Glory to God. I'm excited about Jesus. Well, today I am starting a new series, which I think we all need. It's called Maintaining, How to Maintain Joy and Faith During the Dry Seasons. Come on, come on, elbow somebody, come on, elbow somebody. How to Maintain Joy, everybody say joy, and faith during dry seasons, during difficult seasons, during fields. I don't, I'm just going to preach a little bit this morning, if you don't mind. I, I don't know about you, but sometimes we're doing the right thing and we get stuck. How many have ever felt stuck? That's five of you. The rest I'm going to rep- ask for. <laughs> I'm going to ask for a, for a spirit of repentance to come on you. I don't know about you, but I have felt stuck at times, and I have read the word, and I have prayed, and I have believed God, and I have confessed. It's called faith. It's called life. It's called tribulations. It's called trials. Let me tell you something. If you think that you signed up for the Lord and walking with the Lord, and you think that just because you do everything right, nothing wrong is going to happen to you, or if you think that only bad things happen to bad people, I don't know what Bible you're reading. Because if that's the case, then Abraham, would, we would have to explain a lot about Abraham. We would have to explain a lot look, to Paul. God would have to explain a lot to the Apostle Paul, to Peter, who got hung upside down uh, for, with, when they say from histor- historians saying even Jesus really predicted that. Here's my point. We all have dry seasons and desert seasons and frustrating seasons and seasons where we feel stuck no matter how much we pray and how much we read the Word. Come on. How many believe, how many have experienced that? Well, I have news for you. You're not necessarily doing anything wrong most of the time if that's the case. It is a normal part of the process. But what my, my goal in this series is to try to give you keys and, and tools of how to maintain, everybody say maintain, joy and fruitfulness and passion and faith and faithfulness, commitment to the things of God during dry seasons. You know, one of the things that goes out of the window when you're going through a dry season or when you're going through some pain is your commitment level to the things of God. When you're going through a discouraging season in your mind, you know that Jesus is always number one and you're never going to turn back. But it's harder to stay committed because you have to press a little harder. Come on, am I saying anything today? You have to, you have to go a little further, and sometimes that going further is there's an absence of feelings attached to it. It's easy to go further. Listen, I'm going to say this. It's easy to be joyful and vibrant and full of faith if you feel the presence of God every time you read the Word and every time you worship and every time you pray. It's easy. It's easy to be joyful every time you crack open the Word and it's like the butterflies and the birds are all chirping at the right season and the right time and the presence of God and the ray of glory hits your face. You're like, <clears throat> let me not do that. Let me do that. Let me just <laughs> I could show you. <laughs> and you hear like, I could show you the world. And you're like, wow. You know, when you first got saved, you opened the Bible and all you read was Jesus wept. And you're like, <laughs> and you started crying, right? Then all of a sudden you get more mature in the Lord and you read the word. Come on, somebody. And you read the Bible and sometimes it's dry. What? 
you actually said that? Yes, because sometimes when you pray, you don't feel a thing. But these great prayer warriors in the Bible never determined the level of their prayer life on what they felt. As a matter of fact, many of them prayed when they were told not to pray, and if they prayed, they would get their they would get burned to death, or they would get or they would get crucified, or they would get put to death like a martyr. If you look at Daniel, he, they, he told them, "Don't pray." Do you think he was feeling goosebumps at that moment? They said, don't pray, and if you pray one more time to God and you don't bow down to this image, we will catch you praying and we'll throw you into a lion's den. Most Christians would be like, okay, I'll just pray silently right now. <laughs> That's fine. No, he's like, I'm not going to stop praying. Do you, I, I, can't, I can't prove this in the Bible, but I could probably, in his feelings, he was full of anguish. He looked out to the window, opened the window, and he began to pray knowing that people were going to spy on him and deliver him. It's easy to be full of joy, to be full of faith, and be faithful when uh, you have the favor of God in your life and in your business, and you have a lot of money, and there's favor rolling in, and everything you touch is just glorious, and all these open doors. Who, who will not be joyful in that situation? It's very easy to be joyful. Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. I'm preaching better than you're saying amen this morning. It's easy to be joyful and stay faithful when you're experiencing the favor of God. I have had, I've experienced the amazing favor of God when the Lord gave us this building in such a fast way. And during that season, it seemed like everything that I touched and everything that I did and everything that I was, uh, uh, I was doing, it was just like, it was just so easy. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, you're just wowing me. You're wowing me. You're wowing me. I believe God is going, to, is going to teach us something through this series because there's reasons why he gives us favor because of our obedience, because of our faithfulness, but also to track it for the future use when we need it. It's a reservoir of things that you need to pull from when you're going through that dry season. Listen to me. It's easy to be joyful and faith. Can I just be honest? It's easy to be joyful and faithful to the things of God when you have no sickness in your body, no ailments in your body, no cracked joints, no hurt pain, no, no muscle ailment. It's easy when you're full of health to be joyful. But can you still be joyful when you don't experience the favor of God in your life? Can you still be committed to the things of God when you open the Bible and you feel nothing? Can you still be committed to God, Christians, when you show up and you're tithing and you're not seeing the breakthrough that you're wanting to? My goal in this is to give you secrets or keys on how to maintain joy when you are in difficult seasons. Hello? How many have been in difficult seasons? Gauge the, the intensity, the intensity of your, of your um, prayer life. Gauge it. Gauge the intensity of how many times you go in the Word. Or do you just crawl up in a little corner and just start feeling sorry for yourself? Come on, I'm preaching good here. How many, how many of you have been going through something and you're like, I'm just tired? And the thing that goes out the window is your joy, your faithfulness, your resiliency, and your consistency in the Lord. My goal is to maintain joy and faith during the difficult seasons. Because if you are alive this morning and you're not a robot, you will go through dry seasons. You will go through a difficult season while you're going to church. Come on. 
while you are declaring the word, while you're doing outreach, while you're leading people to the Lord, while, while you're successful in your business. You will go through dry seasons. And so the first uh, slide that I want you to show you is this. How many, how many, how many can agree with what, what we're saying here? Okay. This is needed in the church today. The first slide is this. Oh, I'm going to give you a key here. The entry gate to consistently remaining joyful and faithful in dry seasons, you can take a snapshot of this, is being thankful and having a confession of gratitude always in your heart. Here, let me give you a key. This is not, see how I didn't get a lot of amens? They're like, what? I'm going to give you a key how to survive in the desert, all right? While you're in a desert storm area, while you're in a desert spiritually and emotionally, no matter how you feel, I'm going to tell this to you. Be purposeful in being thankful. In your heart, be thankful. The Bible says in Thessalonians that this is the will of God of Christ Jesus in you, that you be thankful in all things. Thankfulness and gratitude opens the door, listen to me, for great blessings in your life. But not only that, please zoom in on me with your eyes. Thankfulness opens your heart so that true worship could come out during dry seasons and true blessing. Watch this. Look at Psalm 100. I'm going to show you that the first key, uh, that if you're in a dry season if, or if you're in a frustrating season and you feel zero right now and you're just believing God and you're, and you're just quoting the scriptures and you're not seeing a lot of things and you're just in a dry place, a frustrating place, or you feel stuck, the first thing you should do while you feel stuck is say, Thank you, Lord, for all your provisions. Have a sense of gratitude. Thank you that I woke up today. Thank you that I have, thank you that I could breathe today. Thank you that I have a job. Thank you that I have a family. If you don't have a job, thank God for something that you do have. Thank you for health. Thank you for my children. Thank you for, for a church that loves me. Thank you, Lord God, that I'm still alive today. Thank you that I could read the word without being persecuted in my home. Because when you thank God, watch this, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Look at this. Let's read this psalm together. I know we, we sing it a lot, but watch this. Next verse, all the way to verse 5. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come to his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God, that he who has made us and not we ourselves, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Look at verse 4. I love this. Enter his gates. His gates, you can't even get it through his gates without that thanksgiving key. It's the key to lock the gate with thanksgiving. Come on, say thanksgiving. I know we just celebrated thanksgiving. This is not why I'm preaching this. But let me tell you, enter his gates with thanksgiving. So imagine three gates. You got the holy hold, you got the outer court, you got the inner court, and then you got the holy of holies in the Old Testament. Before you even get into the, into the, into, into the, the middle court, you had to go through the gate, and the gate through it is thanksgiving by faith. Enter his gates with thanksgiving into his courts with praise. I, want, I know we read this a lot, but I want you to see the connection of praise and thanksgiving back to back always. Wherever you have thanksgiving, you're going to have praise eventually. If you're in a dry season, I encourage you, thank God for things that are happening in your life or the things that you see now. And all of a sudden, you'll begin to praise because thanksgiving is an entryway to praise God without forcing it. Some of us, we praise God because we have to. But when we are in a spirit of gratitude continually and thank, and look, watch this, looking for ways to be thankful. 
Not just, I just thank God. No, no. Be purposeful and pause and say, what can I be thankful for? I heard of a friend that she, she wrote, she would, she would, when she wakes up, I don't want to convict a lot of people, but the first thing that they did was check Instagram, the first thing they wake up. And they check Facebook for like 15 minutes where they wake up and let me just see Facebook. And, and the Lord convicted her and said, you know what? You are looking at other people's life and you are not thanking me. So she started writing three things down every single day that she started off her day of three things that she is thankful for that day. She goes, it has completely changed my perspective on life when I choose to be thankful every morning for something. Now watch this. Be thankful to him and bless his name. I want to say that because we missed it. Into his courts with praise, be thankful. This is the second time you see thankfulness. And bless his name. Do you see that praise is right after thanksgiving and blessing God is right after thanks? It says, be, and bless his name. Look at verse 5. For the Lord is good, he is merciful, he is everlasting, and his truth endures for all generations. I've never seen anybody. Are you ready for this? Now, they have, they're not really truly thankful. I've never seen anybody truly thankful in their heart and depressed at the same time. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. I'm not talking about going through problems. We all go through problems. I'm talking about a spirit of depression. You can't be like, I thank you. God, I hate life. Because when you're thankful, you will produce authentic praise without feeling that you have to force it. Some of us, we force praise out because we know we have to. But here's, I'm going to give you a little key this morning. When you're thankful and your heart is full of gratitude, then praise will be authentic because you want to. Because you want to. I've never seen anybody that chooses to be thankful and have a depressed outlook. Can I just be honest with you? And I know you're going to agree with me because some of us that deal with people, you know this. Being thankful and having a heart of gratitude is actually spiritually attractive. It's emotionally attractive because they realize they're smiling at you. They're smiling at you. I'm thankful for life. I'm thankful for my car. I'm thankful that you gave me food. I'm thankful. You know what it, what it does? It's spiritually attractive. I'm just going to go further. I'm just going to go a little further. Sometimes it's physically attractive too. Come on. God. <laughs> I was going to say something, but uh, God. God can make an ugly person a little bit more attractive when they have a heart full of gratitude. Come on, say Amen. When you just light up the room because nobody wants to be around somebody that's constantly negative all the time. Come on, somebody. Nobody wants to. How you doing? Well, my, you know, I'm just so frustrated in life. How you, how you doing? Well, you know, you don't understand how, how bad it is for me. Well, how are you doing today? Well, you know, my life is bad. It's not fair. No one wants to be around someone. But you know what? In spite of that, when it's not fair for you, you say, how are you doing? You say, man, I'm just thankful that God is merciful to me. You know what that? People want to be around that kind of person. People want to be around thankfulness. It is spiritually attractive, it's emotionally attractive, and it's physically attractive. Ladies, if you're looking for a man, let's make sure, <laughs> let's make sure that you look for spiritual qualities, that they love the Lord, but let's make sure that you're also looking for somebody that's grateful that they're alive and they're grateful that they have even a part to do in the things of God. I can't tell you how blessed my heart feels when someone does something like an outreach and they don't and they help us in the outreach and they don't feel they don't make me feel like it's something that they had to do. You know how sometimes people uh, right, Pastor George, I'll help you out. Go ahead. 
Hope you have a good day. Well, I don't want nobody to owe me favors. But when you say, man, I got the PG, don't worry about this. It's okay. No, I want to do this. I'm so thankful that I got the opportunity to serve people today. Do you know that the apostles high-fived each other? This is a paraphrase. They probably didn't high-five. But they they high-fived each other after they got beat down for the Lord. The Bible says in the book of Acts that after they were told not to speak in the name of Jesus, they got beat down. And after they got out of the beat down, they're they're like rejoicing together that they were privileged to be persecuted for the name of Christ. Can you imagine me and John in a convention and they tell us, don't speak about Jesus or we will beat you down. And we're like, we're gonna speak about Jesus, man, because we just love the Lord. And they beat us down, right? And afterwards, we're like, I can't believe that we were able to be privileged. <laughs> you know what that is? It's a spirit of thankfulness. It's a spirit of thankfulness that produces praise in the jail times because half of the Bible that you and I read were written while Paul was in jail. And he has the audacity to say, Rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say, Rejoice. He wrote that when he was in prison. <laughs> Some of us can't rejoice hardly anything, yet because he had a heart of thankfulness, it opened the doors for praise. He praised God in the jail, and then all the chains started breaking off of people's lives in Acts chapter 16, and everybody's chains fell off. Let me just tell you a little secret. Your thanksgiving and your praise is not just benefiting you. It's benefiting other people around you. Paul's thanksgiving and Paul's praise in the, na- in the midst of his chains broke all the chains and set all the other prisoners free. They didn't do anything to deserve it. They're a recipient of Paul and Silas' singing. Oh, Jesus. Come on, say amen. Look at this next slide. Look at this next slide. Write, uh, write it down. Take a, take a picture of it. Look at the next slide. Thankfulness will enable you to have a cheerful heart in every situation. Oh, man, I love this next one. Thankfulness will enable you to have a cheerful heart in every situation. Say every situation. What do I mean by cheer- <laughs> what do I mean by cheerful heart? That doesn't mean like you go around like, like you know, you know, ordering a hamburger. How you doing? <laughs> Can I have a cheeseburger? <laughs> no, that's not that's what it's talking about. You know why it's not talking about that? Because Jesus was not laughing when he was on the cross. He wasn't like, <laughs> this is great. But yet the Bible says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. So what joy is he talking about? Is he like, man, this just feels great. (laughs) No. It's an internal joy that comes from the outcome of knowing what's happening. Therefore, he is thankful. He was thankful. Now watch this. Being thankful will cause you, you want, you want, I'm giving you keys to, to survive in the desert in dry times, right? Will give you what I call a heavenly prescription. I've had prescriptions in this last month that have not worked. But there's a heavenly prescription that God gives you during trouble times. And you know what it's called? Thankfulness. But thankfulness produces a prescription. Are you ready for this? A cheerful heart full of joy. Now, now well, you say, what, what do you mean? Look, look at Proverbs. Look at the, this, this word in Proverbs in 17 verse 22 in the NLT. Oh, I love this. A cheerful heart is like a good medicine. Come on, say Medicine. It's a prescription from heaven. Watch this. But a broken spirit saps a person's strength. When you are in the desert or when you're in a hard time, it will sap the strength of you. You know what you need to do sometimes? Be thankful and find things to have to be cheerful about and even to laugh about. Sometimes it takes a really good laugh 
to get stuff out of you. And you don't even, have you, how many of you ever just laughed so hard that you forgot about your problems? Like, like you're like, <laughs> what was I mad about again? Now, I'm not talking about just laughter on the outside, but I'm talking about the joy of the Lord being your strength. Nehemiah, a lot of people misquote that scripture. You know that the joy of the Lord is your strength? That's not in the book of Psalms like when we're worshiping God. That scripture was given by Nehemiah when everyone was discouraged because they were not building the wall and they were encouraging to build the wall. And the the moment that they were building the wall, uh, Sambalop and Tobiah, these two guys that were wicked, kept mocking them and saying, if a fox puts down that wall, it, 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 it would be destroyed. And then they were discouraged that they stopped the work. Then Nehemiah said, hey, guys, hey, guys, the joy of the Lord is your strength. You want to survive in a desert time? Be thankful and allow joy to come into your heart for every situation because it's like a medicine. You know what the prescription from heaven today is? Be cheerful. Be thankful. Be happy. Amen? Don't worry. Be happy. You guys missed that. Who's here? (laughs) The second. (laughs) So watch this. Say, be thankful. I guarantee you, if you're in a desert place right now, when I mean by desert place, that doesn't mean that you only feel, uh, you only feel like not the presence of God. Uh, being in a desert means that you may not see progression in your life. Like, you, you, may, you may say, man, I'm doing all the right things, but my business hasn't opened up yet. Or I don't see fruit in my ministry yet. Right? Or, I don't see a breakthrough yet. That, but what, what do you do during those seasons? If you don't be thankful, if you're not thankful, here's what's going to happen. You will develop a critical heart. You will develop a hard heart, and everything about your walk with God will be affected. Your, your relationship with people will be affected. Your attendance to, to, to activities, to community will be affected. Why? Because, and I don't say this in a mean way, you, the opposite of cheerfulness is grumpiness. If you don't have thanksgiving in your heart during dry seasons, you'll develop this hard, critical grumpiness. And you don't, no one wants to be about grumpy old men or grumpy young men. Amen. It got too quiet in for me, so I'm going to keep going. Here's the second thing. The second thing, the second key, now this is going to be a revelation. The second key to overcoming, sorry, to maintaining joy and faithfulness in dry seasons, watch this. Look at that next slide. This is going to be a, this is going to be a revelation for you guys. The power of memory, everybody say memory. I know this is going to sound weird, but just hold on. The Lord has given me a revelation of this. The power of memory is a powerful force that can supernaturally catapult your attitude in God and sustain you during your dry seasons. The power of memory. Now, I know that many preachers have preached, don't worry about your past. And that's true when it's something that you have asked for forgiveness that God has forgiven you. Don't remember those shameful things. Unfortunately, when most of us remember our past, it brings shame. It brings guilt. It brings condemnation. But do you know, glory to God, that there is another part of remembering your past because you start remembering the victories and all 
all the things that God had put you out of and the mess that you came out of. And if, when you remember in your dry season, the day you got saved, if you remember that in your dry season that he pulled you out of this mess and that you were this rebellious person and now he's turned you into a man or woman of God, surely when you remember that, he said, you could do it again, God. Because if you did it back then when I was a mess while I'm serving you, now you could continue to reveal yourself to me because you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's power when you remember what God has done for you that will catch you out of the dry season. If you're ever in a dry season, not only be thankful, watch this, remember all the stuff that God took you out of. Now, now watch this. It's so powerful because the key to remembering the right things, not the wrong things, will actually be a supernatural weapon in your hands. I want to share something with you. I'm going to show you scriptures that the Bible, not PG, the Bible actually encourages you to remember past victories to help sustain you in the now. Old Testament and New Testament. There's, there's very there's lots of scriptures that will tell you that because it will supercharge your faith. Personally, when I have been in desert places or stuck places, I go back and I remember the goodness of God and how he, he encountered me. I remember, and guess what? It builds my faith to believe that God could do it again. If you've ever been in a financial rut now and he's taken you out of financial rut before, remember those times and use that as a platform for your faith now. Come on, I'm, I'm getting three amen. Somebody say amen here. John, I need my amen cornerback again. Glory to God. There are times when remembering your past will cause you to feel condemned. I know that. There, but I'm not talking about remembering your condemnational moments. I'm not talking about uh, remembering your, 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 your moments that brought you shame. Remember the moments where God supernaturally blessed you. Remember those moments. Let me just tell you this right now. We do not always live on mountaintops. We have to come down to the valley every now and then. Do you know that Jesus was on the mountaintops? Think about this. Jesus was on the Mount Transfiguration, and John, James, and Peter were there, and he, he glorified himself. The Bible says that was brighter than the sun. Could you imagine seeing that? And everything is perfect in that environment. In the mountaintop environment, you see the glory of God. You feel the glory of God. The Bible, listen, this is a true story. As soon as he came down, it wasn't even like a couple days later. As soon as he came down to earth, he had a sigh moment like, he, all his disciples said, hey, listen, we tried to cast out this demon while you guys were up there, and it didn't, it didn't go away. And instead of Jesus saying, oh, really? Okay, well, this is what he goes, Oh, you have little faith. You know, he goes, the, the reason why this demon didn't ca be cast out is because, number one, you didn't have faith. He said, number two, this type doesn't come out except through prayer and fasting. So what Jesus is saying is the same thing. We don't always get in mountaintop experiences. Can I hear an amen? If God brought you out of something before, he'll do it again. How many of you have been in dry seasons or are in a dry season right now? All right, put your hand down. How many of you are in a stuck season? You feel stuck. Watch this. I want you to see the power of memory. I want you to turn to Psalm 77 because the power of memory will snap you out sometimes of depression that you're in now. Oh, glory to God. You missed that. 
the power of remembering the joy in your life and the presence of God in your life will snap you out because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His power is still the same. Now, what are we doing? Are we thanking God or are we complaining? Number two, use your memory in the times when you're stuck. Watch, I want you to see how the psalmist, it's almost like it was weird because the psalmist in this scripture, he starts off negative. But then, watch this, he begins to remember the goodness of God and his tone change. I'm going to give you a little foreshadow. When you remember past victories during times of drought currently, it will change your perspective in your current situation. It will change your perspective. You know what else will change? Your confession. Some of you are like, oh, man, God has never been good to me. I'm so bad. And, and, and the whole world is going on you because you're focusing on the now. But the truth is God has never always been bad to you. Here's what the Bible says in Psalm 77. Look at verse 4 in the NLT. Look at this. You don't let me sleep. Look at the psalmist. Look at the psalmist here. You don't let me sleep. I am too distressed even to pray. Stop, stop. Is that a positive confession? But that's a real confession, right? Right? I'm too depressed. Go back to, to go back to verse 4 in the NLT. You don't let me sleep. I'm too distressed even to pray. Now, I want you to see what happens with his confession when he starts remembering the goodness of God, the power of remembering. Some of you, you have a powerful salvation experience. If anything, go back and say, God radically saved me from darkness. Well, how about this? Some of you know exactly the place you are at when God encountered you for the first time whether it's in your room, or when you got saved for the first time. You knew how it felt. How many of you remember that? The Bible says, restore the joy of what? My salvation. Now watch. Look, I'm going to keep reading. I think of the good old days. Look at it. Look at what he's remembering. He's like, oh, I'm too depressed to even pray. But I think of the good old days long since ended. Look at verse 6. Oh, this is good stuff. When my nights were filled with joyful songs. Woo! Some of you, let me pause and say this. Some of you need to go back and remember when you used to lock yourself in the room and sing to God. Some of you need to go back when you were a childhood or just a couple years ago or maybe just a couple months ago and when you would cry at the things of God. Some of you need to go back when you were a teenager and when you used to lock yourself in the room and cry out to God and ask, is that same reality now? But guess what? You could have it because you used to sing to the Lord and that same God that's with you now can be, was with you back then. Look at this. Listen, when my nights were filled with joyful songs, he's remembering his past. Let me, let me just pause and say this. I feel this from the Lord. This is not in my notes. It's not normal to digress in your walk with God. The Bible says we go from glory to glory, right? So if you're less on fire, come on, I'm going to preach here for a second. If you're less on fire, I'm not talking about you don't have any problems, but if you're less on fire than you, now than you were six months ago, a year ago, that's not where God wants you to be. Now, if you're in a desert place, that's fine, but it should not affect the fire in your heart for God. Don't just say, well, life has beat me up. That's why I'm not on fire for God. That's not God's will for your life. When my nights were filled with joy, I searched my soul and pondered the difference now. Watch this. Look at this. This is so beautiful. Keep going. Has the Lord rejected me forever? Will he never again be kind to me? Have, how many of you have felt that way when you're in a desert season? God, has, have you forgotten about me? Are you going to be kind to me? Right? Look, look at this. In his unfailing love, is his unfailing love gone forever? I wept last night when I was reading this. Has his promises permanently failed? 
This is a psalmist talking about the situation he's in. Look at this. Has God forgotten to be gracious? How many felt that way? Come on, how many felt that way? Okay, no, it's okay. He has, has he slammed his door on his compassion over my life? Watch this. And I said, this is my fate. The Most High has turned his hand against me. Now watch this. But then, oh, come on, church. But then, but then, but then I recall, I remember what you have done in my life, oh, Lord. I remember, everybody say remember. Come on, everybody say remember. I, look, 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 the psalmist is saying, like, uh, have you left me? Have you stopped being kind to me? Have you stopped? Is the favor of God left my life? He goes, but when I ponder these things, I recall and I remember the power of memory, what you've done in my past. You wonderful deeds long ago. Look at how his, voice, his attitude changed. They are constantly in my thoughts. You want to have spiritual torture? Have an encounter with God. You will never be, you will never, uh, you will never uh, be happy being miserable. If you had an encounter with God, you know there's something greater. They are constantly in my thoughts. What's, what are constantly in his thoughts? The memory of the good times, the memory of the presence, the memory of the glorious, fiery times that God delivered the psalmist from. Come on, church. Watch this. I cannot, oh, look, my God. I cannot stop thinking, thinking about your mighty works in the past. Look at this. Oh, God, your ways are holy. Is there any God as mighty as you? Look at this. You are the God of great wonders. Wait a minute. Look at his confession. He started off, I'm so sad to pray. All of a sudden, he started remembering his, the past victories. Look at his confession. You are the God of great wonders. Look at this. You demonstrate your awesome power among the nations. Look at verse 15. By your strong arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of jo Jacob and Joseph. Wait, is this the same guy? Or are we reading somebody different? You know what changed? His no Nothing changed. His confession and his perspective changed when he started remembering how good God was. When you remember how good he started. Read it on your own. He started, I, I'm so depressed. Then he goes, but I, but I remember how good you've been to me. Wait a minute. I know that you're not a God that will lie. I know that you're always good. And all of a sudden, in the middle of the psalm, his confessions started saying, oh, God, you're a wondrous God. You know what we need to do? I'm going to say this prophetically because I've picked this up in the spirit. Some of you have stopped proclaiming the goodness of God because of the situation you're in and you're just coasting by. You need to force yourself to proclaim how wonderful he is even in your dry season. Even in your, in your bad season with your marriage. Even with your bad season with your, with your finances. Even in your bad season in your relationships. Remember what God has done. Some of y'all should have been in jail if it wasn't for God. Come on. Some of, should, some of you should have been locked up. Some of you maybe should have had disease from all the stuff that you've done. But you're still here. Let me tell you something. You're still standing. The fact that you're still here, the fact that you're praising God should lift up your voice and say, I am an overcomer. Let me tell you something. There's power in your memory. Your confession change and your perspective changes when you remember the power of your memory. That's why Psalm 103, the famous psalm. Come on, somebody, some of you that know the Bible. What does Psalm 103 say? Come on, famous. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not 
All his benefits. Pause. Why would the psalmist say, don't forget his benefits? Because there's a secret there. He wants you to remember. Because when we're in a drought, we forget that he still crowns us with tender mercies and loving kindness. When we're in a drought, we forget that he heals all diseases. Don't make me preach here. When we're going through affliction, we forget that he still heals not some, all diseases. Put Psalm 103 there, uh, Zach, New King James, baby, glory to God. Look at this, Psalm 103, verse 1. That wasn't in my notes, but I'm just going to say 103, watch this. Again, power of memory, memory. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me, bless his holy name. Bless his, let me pause it, I hear that from the Lord. You know why God said forget not how his benefits? Because when we're in a desert place, we have spiritual amnesia, sickness. We, for, we have this spiritual sickness that when we're in a desert, we forget. So the psalmist had to say, do not forget. In other words, use your memory. Oh, my gosh. Did you know the Lord put memory inside of you, not the devil? The Lord put the memory so you could remember the good stuff, not just the bad. The enemy wants you to remember the bad. But let me tell you something before I keep on reading that. Sometimes I'm going to give you something deep right now. Sometimes you even for pain, forget for healing. When it comes to healing, now I'm, I'm talking a little different. When it comes to personal healing, your mind will convince you not to remember it because it was so traumatic that your brain says, don't go there again. Don't go back there. And every time you try to address, oh, God, every time you try to address a symptom of why you're acting the way you're acting, you realize, well, why, am I just a weird person? Why do I always do that? No, because you're blocking an incident or incidents that happen in your life that God wants to actually touch and go back and you address it so that you could stop the pattern of negative behavior. Sometimes you have to remember the past and allow, uh, as hurtful as it is, and not convince yourself it never happened. And say, you know what? It did happen. And it did scar me. And it did hurt me. But I'm going to give you that memory. And I want you to heal it. Stop pretending like it never happened. Remember your past so that God could heal you. Only Jesus could go to the corridors of the hallways of your past and touch that shameful incident if you allow him to. But if you say, well, you know, that's so traumatic. Let's not talk about it. Everybody, every time that someone talks about it, no, no, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Let me tell you what. You're going to be bottled up. You need to remember your past and let God deal with that. That's for healing. But look at how much more. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Forget not. Forget not. What does forget not mean? Remember. <laughs> All right? Remember. Use your memory. Look at this. All his benefits. Okay, watch. Let's pause. Pause. Let's have a little Bible study. What's all his benefits? There's not all here, but there are some. Okay, here are some of his benefits. Verse 3. And verse 3. Forgives all your iniquities. Pause. Can you say, can you just be thankful that he's forgiving you from sin? When, I have, when I'm in a stuck season and I don't know what to be thankful for, I'm like, Lord, thank you for delivering me from sin. Because without you forgiving me, I'll be on a pathway to hell. It, listen, if you don't feel the presence of God for anything else from here on to, to the day you die, you should, that should be enough to lift up your hands all the days of your life. <laughs> you saved me. That's it. I don't need you. I don't need another goosebump experience again. You saved me on the cross. You washed me of my, blood, of my sins. That's enough. Who forgives you iniquities? Who washes, heals your diseases? If we didn't know those benefits, why would we pray for Jose every single day and all those who we're believing for if we didn't believe that? 
If we forgot about that, we'd be like, oh, well, maybe, maybe you know, I don't know. Maybe God doesn't answer every prayer. Yes, he does if you have faith. He doesn't have answer every prayer if you have unbelief. That's a whole other reason, and there's other reasons for that too. Who redeems your life from destruction. That's one third benefit. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. When's the last time you said, Lord, you've been merciful to me in your dry season? You will turn that negative thing around, and then all of a sudden, you know, watch this. You know what blessing the Lord, sorry, remembering your past does? You're remembering, sorry, the goodness of God. It discombobulates, that's a big word. It dis- discombobulates the power of the enemy over your life. I can imagine the enemy going to you, to you like, ha-ha, let's just go ahead and let's make sure we suffocate them for a season uh, and afflict them with sickness or suffocate them for a season and uh, afflict them with all these financial burdens. Watch, they're not going to worship God. What happens when you're thankful and you use the power of your memory during dry seasons? The devil's like, I threw everything at them and they're still smiling. They're still thankful. You did destroy the power that negativity has over you when you're thankful and when you remember the goodness of God. Can I hear an amen? Come on, can I hear an amen? Look at 2 Peter. I'm going to give you a Bible lesson today. Is that okay? Is that all right? How many are getting something out of this? Okay. Look at what Peter said in one of his epistles. All right? Uh, um, I'm almost done here. Just give me a couple minutes, and then I'm going to call the worship team up here. 2 Peter 3. Let's all turn there. 2 Peter 3, look, one to, verse 1 through 2 in the NLT. 2 Peter verse 3, verse 1 to 2. Are you ready? Are you reading this with me? Say amen. This, this is Peter. This is my second letter to you, dear friends, and in both of them I have tried to, watch this. Oh, my God. I'm tr- I, I've tried. Peter said, I've tried. This is my second letter. I've tried to stimulate your wholesome thinking. Oh, come on, I'm going to slap somebody. And refresh your memory. Wait, Pastor George. Wait a minute. Wait, what are you? I don't know. I don't know about the past. No, 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 no. I'm trying to activate the power of your memory. He's like, wake up. The Lord has been good to you in the past. Don't you think he's going to do it again in just a, in the future from now? Don't you think he's about right around the corner? Just stay faithful and remember, it will sustain you while you're in that desert place. He goes, I'm trying to refresh your memory. You know what the Lord is saying right now? He's trying to refresh your memory of some of you that you forgot when you were six months ago or a year ago or five years ago where maybe you were more financially prosperous than you are now. God says, refresh your memory for not to get you depressed because you don't have it now. It's to stir your faith to believe that the God that did it one time, he'll do it again. He'll do it again. He'll do it again. Say amen. So he's like, I'm trying to refresh your memory. And the last slide here, the last point, I want you to look this up. Remembering what the Lord has done in your life and in others will change your perspective on the way you see your present condition. I'm going to read that again. The worship team could come up here after this. Remembering what the Lord has done in your life and in others will change your perspective, say perspective, on the way you currently see life now. Do you guys see life now from a lens of, oh, woe is me. Oh, look how bad things are for me. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe how the Lord will allow me to go through this. Maybe you are feeling those things, but are you seeing it through that lens? 
There's a difference between you feeling it. Listen to me. Let me tell you. I told Christine some things private. I, I, I'll get here on, on Sunday morning, and most of you have no clue what I'm going through. And I have to come up here, and I continue to have to continue to have my best face on. Why? Not because I'm faking it. Because I'm choosing to act this way despite how I feel. Because eventually, here's a little secret. When you choose that, the feelings will come later. You choose first, feelings later, not feelings first, then, then choose later. Because if, if you decide it up to feelings, you will never serve God, some of you. You will never give if it's some of you. You will never praise God if it's just up to feelings. You need to do it by obedience, and sometimes the feelings will come later. Glory to God. Now watch this. Your perspective will change when you remember God's hand on your life. Come on, somebody. Say amen. Say amen. Look at this. Thankfulness review will help us remember God's ways, and then remembering God's ways will change your perspective. Look at this. Look at this. I need the worship team to come up here real quick. Look at me. Everyone look at me as I close. What was the secret to Elijah staying encouraged in the midst of a drought? Are you ready for this? You guys know the Bible, right? When there was a true famine in the land, not a fake one, not a, not a spiritual one, not, a, not, a, not an emotional one. There was an actual drought where there was no rain for many, many days. Watch this. And you know what changed? And his heart became alive. Please hear me. This is going to touch you. Do you want to survive in the dry seasons? Is how Elijah saw things in the spirit versus how what was happening in the natural. Oh, my, 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 my. His pers- he had a biblical, heavenly perspective of the situation, regardless of what it looked like. That's why you say, Pastor George, where do you get that? Look at this, look at this. And I'm going to talk about this more next week if I, have, if I have a chance. But I get that in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41. 1 Kings, Darius, I want you to put 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41. Watch this. When, when there was a drought and Ahab said, hey, what do we do? And Elijah saw in the spiritual perspective of things. Listen to me, listen to me. I don't care if right now you're struggling in your health. I don't care right now if you're struggling in your job. You're struggling in your ministry. You're struggling in your family. Choose to have a heavenly perspective. It will keep your heart full of joy. What perspective are you looking at? You say, you say what do you mean, Pastor George? Elijah, there was no rain. And he says, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. Wait, 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 wait. Elijah, I know you're a little old, buddy, but there is no rain physically. Go ahead and go back there, and you'll see. I hear and I see the sound of an abundance of rain. So Ahab went up there to the ocean. He's like, there's nothing. Goes back. He goes, there's nothing. He goes, go back again. But I don't see anything with my natural eyes. God's like, exactly. You're not looking with your natural eyes. You're supposed to look with your spiritual eyes. Do you know that, well, I don't know how true this is for the Disney fans, but I read years ago, years ago, I read that there was a, a Walt Disney in, the, in the, the 70s when he was building this place, because you're already building in California, he was staring at a mountain. It was like a big, big area and field. I remember reading this years ago. I don't know how accurate it is, but it's still a good point. And he's reading, and, he, and there, he's just staring, and he's envisioning, and he's, he's looking at this, and it's all dirt. It's all dirt, right? And there's like, hey, Mr. Disney, what are you looking at? He goes, I'm looking at my mountain. Like, there's no mountain there, sir. He goes, no, this is where I'm going to put Space Mountain. 
right here. He saw it before it happened because he had a different perspective. Do you know when, when, when signs, signs that, that say, coming soon, a neighborhood, you know, or, or, or a, a supermarket, and it's fully, and you see the picture, but it's rocks. There's nothing. <laughs> but yet on the sign, come on, somebody. On the sign, it says, coming soon, Rosetta neighborhood. And you see, everyone's like, this is like a still picture of everyone laughing and houses and, 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 and you know, and, and, and sidewalks. And like, where did they get that from? Because they had an image of what it's going to look like before it happened. And, oh, I'm, I, I could preach. This is not in my nose, but I feel a preach coming on here. And you know where he develops that perspective? And you know where he develops the picture? In the dark seasons. Because in the good old days when we had film, you developed a picture in a dark room. You took a picture and you took that film and you didn't go to a bright, nice, cozy, everything is good room. You went to a dark room. And in the darkness, the picture that was invisible started coming to life. And let me tell you something. God has a sign in heaven that says, coming to a city near you the fullness of my sons and my daughter. And he already has a picture. But you see darkness and you see rocks and you see nothing. But God says, oh, I already saw the picture. I already blueprinted. I already have it blueprinted. I see the you that's about to burst out because you have a perspective of heaven and this is what it's going to look like. And when you see it in the natural, it's just rocks and it's just dirt and it's just nothing. But God sees that house. God sees that thing. You know why? Because he, listen, Listen, you see it, true visionaries see things before it happens. I remember Pastor John, I, I brag about him all the time. To this day, I, I, he's unbelievable. When there was nothing there, nothing, he goes, PG, right over there. <laughs> I mean, he goes, and he put a tape on it. He goes, right over there, that's going to be a cafe. I'm like, cafe. It was hard for me to see it. So he, he put a tape, a, a white tape. He goes, right in this area, there's going to be a cafe. And then he goes, and right over there, there's going to be a, a refrigerator. I'm like, or a cooler thing. Yeah, and then right over here, there's going to be a, 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 some stool. And I'm like, what is he doing? You know what he was doing? He had a perspective. You look now and everything that he saw in the invisible is there now. What do you see? Do you see what I see? I hear the sound of abundance of rain. Uh, but it's drought. I'm in a dry season. Oh, it's coming because I'm not looking in the natural. Look at that. Look at First, first King, verse, first Kings 17. Look at that scripture up there. Look at that. And then we're going to close. We're going to close. No, no, no. The scripture, the scripture. First, first Kings chapter 18. Am I helping anybody here? Come on. Am I helping? What are you seeing? Not in the physical. You know what happens when you watch this? You know what you, when you see in the spiritual? Your dreams will be revived again. If you look in the physical, you'll be depressed most of the time. Look in the spiritual. Look at the perspective. There was no rain, yet Elijah had a perspective change. What's the key to, a dry, to surviving dry seasons? Be thankful. Everybody say thankful. Come on, say thankful. Number two, the power of your memory. Say memory. And number three, biblical perspective. Look at this. 
Darius, could you please put up 1 Kings verse 18, verse 41, verse 41. Okay, that you have it? Do you guys have it in your Bibles? Yeah? Okay, well, I'm going to, give me a second, give me a second, and let me just go there, okay? 1 Kings, 1 Kings uh, chapter uh, 18. Uh, it was not in my notes, that's why. First Kings chapter 18, verse 41. First Kings chapter 18. I'm closing with this. I'm closing with this. Verse 41. Are you ready? Are you there? Are you there? Then Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat, and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. Watch this. Foolish Ahab. He went up to eat and drink. And Elijah went up on the mountain of Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground, and he put his face between his knees. In other words, he's saying, he, my boy's not going to see it, but I see it. He's praying. He's seeing it in the spirit, right? And he said to his servant, go up now. Look towards the sea. So he went up and looked, and he said, come on, look at me, look at me. There is nothing. See, there's two types of Christians here in this room. There's people that are saying they're seeing your circumstance right now and you're, you're neglecting the counsel of God because you don't see nothing. That's what you're saying. You say, I see nothing. No worry. God's going to come through. Yeah, right, Pastor George. I'm tired of believing God. Oh, come on now. I'm tired of confessing. It's not happening to me. That's Ahab. Are you an Ahab or are you an Elijah? Ahab sees the physical. Elijah sees the spiritual. Ahab says, I see nothing. Of course, he's looking in the natural. Natural circumstance dictates natural. Oh, well, I just got that. I just got that. Natural circumstances and natural perspective releases natural confession. Listen to what I just said. Natural perspective releases natural pers uh, confession. But supernatural or spiritual perspective produces spiritual confession. Confession spiritually. Watch this. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went on the top of Mount Carmel. He bowed down. Next verse, for, verse 43. Verse 43. I'm just going to read verse 43 here. And he said to his servants, go up now. So he went up and looked, and he said, there is nothing. And seven times, seven times. Could you imagine if I said, if, if, if it has not rained in years, I said, keep going. You're going to say, Pastor George is crazy. I'll go the first time, second time. But don't make me go up to that sea again five more times. He went seven times. Then he came. Oh, yeah, I, I'm getting a whole revelation of that. How many times, how many times did Naaman, the leopard, was commanded to dip? Sometimes you have to keep pressing until you get a breakthrough. Maybe it's not the second dip or the fourth dip, but maybe it's the seventh dip and you'll finally get that cleansing. You'll finally get that. But in the process, keep seeing the supernatural. Keep seeing. Look at this. Then it came to pass on the seventh time that he said, there's a cloud. Ahab said, I see it now. There's a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. And he said, watch this, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops. Remember, it was drought. It was drought. After the seventh time when, when Elijah saw something that everybody else didn't see, look at verse 45. Now it happened in your Bible. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black. See, after a while, the spiritual confession was dictating the natural circumstances. Oh, that got three amens. 
after a while of him believing. Now, if that's like some of you, like, Lord, did I really hear from you? Did I really hear from you? Yes, keep doing it until it manifests. Keep declaring until it comes to pass. Keep remembering. Keep seeing the spiritual. My fathers are going to be saved. It doesn't matter when. My, my, my finances are going to get a breakthrough. I am going to get my healing. I am going to have that open door. I'm going to keep on praying and seeing the supernatural. Now it happened. The black clouds and the wind, verse 45, and there was heavy, look at that, heavy rain. It went from there's nothing for years to I, I, see, I see something that you don't see. What is your confession today? Come on, stand up. Lift up your hands. Oh, this is good. I didn't even preach half of my message today. Listen to me. I say this under the Spirit of God, so please listen to me. Some of you have lost your zeal, and you've lost your vigor. You lost your commitment in the things of God. Because you're, you're banking on your current circumstance and you're not seeing that even though there's a drought in your life, there's a sound of abundance of rain just ahead of you. But you need to be, watch this, thankful. Say thankful. Come on, say thankful. Because thankfulness will produce authentic praise. Number two, you need to use your memory. Say memory. Every one of you, I want to challenge you today. Think right now of one or two moments in your life where God has brought you out of something powerful. Come on, I want you to take a moment right now. Think of a moment in your life when God encountered you that maybe you're not experiencing the fullness of God right now. But I want you to remember when, we, when you used to be in your room and you used to sing to God and you used to feel the presence of God. I want you to remember that time when you were supernaturally blessed by the Lord. I want you to remember, let me tell you, when I get depressed, all I got to do, I know this sounds like a joke to you guys, is just look at this building and I say, you have not abandoned me. Because the devil didn't give me this. Sometimes God is testing us to see how we will respond to desert seasons in our lives. The place of testing, my friend, is in the wilderness. That's where your faith is tested. That's where your confession is tested. That's where your zeal is, oh, come on. That's where your compassion is tested. That's where your faithfulness is tested. It's easy to be faithful and jump up and down when the money's coming in. But if the money's not coming in, are you still happy? Are you still praising God? Do you still lift up your hands? Are you reserved to being defeated? Come on, lift up your hands all over this place. Come on. Come on, all over this place. I want us to be thankful. I want us to remember. I want you to remember when God blessed you. Come on. I want you to remember when God was good to you. Come on. I want you to go back and remember the benefits of the Lord. Come on. Come on. Come on. Lift up your voice. Yeah. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.